Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? Uh, Luke's English podcast is free, and I'd like to keep it that way so that you don't have to pay for any of these episodes. Uh, but if you would like to reward me for my work, then you could either send me a donation or just um, take advantage of the Audible offer and sign up to a 30-day uh, trial with Audible. They're the world's number one provider of downloadable audiobooks. Um, just go to audibletrial.com forward slash teacher Luke or click one of the buttons or pictures that you'll see on my website that says Audible. Do that. You can sign up to a 30-day trial. You can download an audiobook free. And if you don't like the service, you can cancel and keep the audiobook. So basically, it's a free audiobook. Okay, whenever you do that, I get a little bit of support from Audible. All right, now let's get started with this brand new episode. And here it is. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Luke's English Podcast. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're fine. I hope you're comfortable. And uh, I hope you're uh, just having a nice day or a nice night or nice evening or whatever it is you're doing. Um, welcome to all of you to this episode of Luke's English Podcast. Um, this introduction to this episode is being recorded today on the 18th of November on a Wednesday morning. But uh, the rest of this episode, after the introduction, and in fact the other two episodes in this series, were recorded a couple of weeks ago. All right. Uh, this episode is all about the Collins Dictionary Words of the Year 2015. What's that, you might think? Well, let me break it down. First of all, um, who are Collins? Well, Collins are a publisher of dictionaries, and so it's their job to monitor the usage of words in order to decide which words should be added to the dictionary every year. And they do this by noticing new words and seeing how often they've been used in the last 12 months. They then pick some of the more commonly used new words and add them to the dictionary, and these are their words of the year. And just recently, Collins uh, sort of published their... Uh, there are 10 words of the year, and that's what this episode is going to be all about. Um, so how do Collins Dictionaries monitor these words? How do they know which words are being used and how often they're being used? Well, they actually have a special database of word usage, um, which is called a corpus. And this is, in fact, to, to just kind of explain a little bit more about the corpus, um, this is a quote from the Collins website. Um, and so they say this, um, this evidence is based on our 4.5 billion word database of language called the Collins Corpus. The words in the corpus are taken from a huge range of sources of spoken and written English, including newspapers, radio, and other types of media from all over the world. Okay, um, so yeah, they've just got like a, a massive database which allows them to count the, the number of times words are used and also it allows them to, to, 
to track the way in which words are used as well in combination with other words and, and so on. Okay, uh, So the corpus is just like a really intelligent way of monitoring the way that language is used. And it's based on, yeah, as, as they say on their website, all sorts of sources of both written and spoken English. Um, so the words of the year list is an interesting way to identify trends in language, but also it's quite revealing about modern British life because these are the things that we've been talking and reading about. Okay, So these new words have come into existence in order to talk about new concepts, new ideas and just general changes in society today. Um, some people um, complain that this list of words isn't serious enough, that these words somehow aren't proper words and that adding them to the dictionary is an example of the decline of language in some way. Personally, I think it's fine to add these words into the dictionary because they just reflect changes in culture. And in the end, um, in, in the end, we just have these new words. New words are just needed to explain new concepts. Uh, also, we need a record of the words people are using, especially if you're a learner of English. You want to be able to learn the real English that people actually use, right? Uh, if that's the case, then you'll want some sort of dictionary to include the words that people really use. Um, so it's not Colin's intention to decide if people should or shouldn't use these words, rather to see which words are being used a lot, just so that they can be added to the dictionary to reflect the language as a living thing. Um, as ever, I'm curious to know what you think about these new words. What do you think of Colin's list? Um, What's your opinion? And how is the dictionary managed in your country? Is it done in the same way? So in this episode, Amber, Paul and I are going to go through all of the words in the list, explain what they mean and also discuss the issues that relate to them. Um, so this episode, as well as being about new words, is also going to be a kind of review of the trending issues of the year. Um, as usual, our discussion is pretty fast and pretty busy with lots of jokes and we talk over the top of each other sometimes. All of those things are normal when friends get together to discuss things. Um, to help you to understand everything in our conversations and to give you a chance to really maximise your learning from this episode, I've decided to break up the discussion. Uh, I've decided to break up the recording with uh, Amber, Paul and me into chunks. Okay, So I've broken it up into chunks. Uh, what's a chunk, you might be thinking? Well, a chunk is just a substantial piece or a part or a lump. Uh, like, for example, a chunk of meat. You might, uh, you know, uh, cut off a chunk of meat from a, from a steak, uh, or you tear off a chunk of bread from a loaf, for example, or you might see a chunk of, of rock on the in the road if, if some stone has fallen onto the road from the mountain. You might see chunks of rock on the ground. Um, so chunks of things, pieces, substantial pieces of something. Um, but you can also talk about a chunk of language, a piece of language or just a few words in, in a kind of fixed expression. So we sometimes talk about chunks of language, but you can also have chunks of um, chunks of uh, a conversation in this case. Um, so what I'm going to play to you uh, is each chunk of our discussion. So I'm going to play you a chunk and then explain some of the language that you heard. Uh, and then I'll play you the next chunk and then explain some of the language that you heard in that chunk and so on. OK, uh, that way you'll understand and learn a lot more. And I really think this is the best way to do it, because that way you're getting the best of both worlds. You can listen to our natural uh, and spontaneous conversation 
And you can listen to all of it over these uh, three episodes in this series. Um, but I will be breaking it down and helping you to understand everything uh, so that you can learn even more from our conversations. All right. Um, now, this episode contains this episode, which is, I guess I'm going to call it the words of the year part one or the words of the year introduction. Um, in fact, this episode just contains one conversation chunk. Um, and it's just the, the pre-chat that we had before we even talked about any of the words of the year. So basically what happened is I started recording. I had Amber and Paul in the flat. I started recording and I just sort of said hello to them, asked them how they were. And then we started chatting about different stuff like the weather and November the 5th um, and other stuff. And we talked about things for, for oh, I don't know, 15 to 20 minutes or something we start. We just had some small talk uh, before um, actually dealing with the words of the year. Um, however, this small talk bit or pre-chat is so full of language content that it has taken up the whole of this first episode. All right. So this whole first episode is just devoted to listening to the the pre-chat discussion and then uh, analysing the language uh, that we used in that. So. It's a bit ridiculous, I know. Um, It's called the Words of the Year 2015, but you won't actually hear us discussing the Words of the Year in this part. Um, That'll come in the next two parts. Um, um, But before we listen to the pre-chat, let me just list the Words of the Year to you now um, so that you at least know what they are, but you won't hear us discussing them until part two and part three of this series. I like to make things complicated sometimes. Um... I don't actually like to make things complicated. I, I seem to be very good at making things complicated. I also, tr- in fact, quite the opposite. I try to make complicated things simple. That's the idea. But, um, you know, sometimes things get a little bit out of control. But I hope you understand. Uh, basically, we had a conversation. It included stuff about words of the year, of the year and I've broken it up into chunks. But the first chunk uh, is just some small talk and doesn't actually include words of the year, even though the title of the episode is The Words of the Year. Okay. All right, I think you understand. Um, so anyway, let me tell you the, the words of the, the Collins words of the year now anyway. And I'm going to just list them to you in reverse order. And of course, all these words will be explained and discussed in the series of three episodes. You might not understand them all now, but you will by the end of the series, I promise. Okay, so here are those words of the year as uh, published by Collins Dictionaries. And um, here they are. So we have transgender, manspreading man-spreading, contactless, swipe, and that's swipe left or swipe right, ghosting, clean eating, corbinomics, shaming, dad bod, and binge watch. Okay, so I'm only going to say those words once now in that list just then, but you will hear them again and you will hear explanations later in the series. But for now, let's listen to the pre-chat that I had with Amber and Paul. And this pre-chat discussion includes stuff about climate change, November the 5th, um, and a bunch of other things. So finally now, let's start listening to the conversation, um, and then I'll be back in your headphones on my own in order to explain and pick apart and analyse some of the vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation that you're going to hear in this pre-chat. Okay, right. So let's begin. Okay, hello guys, how are you doing today? Very Good. well. Good, alright, having a nice day so far? Yes. Yeah. Nice. yeah, okay. It's November and it's warm. 
It's November and it's warm, isn't it? Yeah. What's going on? I don't expect you to have the answer to that question. <laughs> I want to know exactly all the reasons why the climate is unusual at this time of year. I think it's climate change, isn't it? Probably. That's what they say. Yeah. Conspiracy theories. It's is, a hot, to- hot, hot topic. Is it a conspiracy theory? I don't know. Some people think it is. Some people think that it, it, climate change isn't a thing. Some people, yeah, d- uh, deny climate change and yeah. they say mm-hmm. that it's not actually happening. Well, it's just a natural thing that, that's always happened, which is true, but we're just accelerating it a lot quicker than... Uh, the yeah. facts are there. It's just the way it is. Yeah, the fact is that we are exacerbating the, the, the environmental trend quite a lot, aren't we, with uh, all the things that we're doing on Earth. Yeah. But some people think that, no, that's... That's ridiculous. We don't need to worry about it. Uh, okay. Well, w- technically, we don't. Our what, kids don't might we? have to. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we'll be dead before anything <laughs> bad happens, I think. We hope. We hope we will. Yeah. We might not be. You think it would be bad if we were still alive? Sort of, um, let's say, in 100 years' time? Would it be bad? Yes. What, for us? Yeah. For the world? Probably. Well, There'd be too many people. Okay. There, are, there are already too many people. Arguably. And they're talking about creating more people because there's too many... Well, I mean, they're talking about creating more people? Yeah. Who are these? I don't know. Them. Like China. China are now uh, saying that they want... Like they're getting rid of the one baby ban. Right. Uh, and now they can have two kids. So they clearly want more people because there's too many old people in China now and not enough young people to pay for the oh, old people who are in... Right. Uh, retreat, uh, retreat, that's not the word. I in, hear there's quite a lot of retirement. people looking for a new home at the moment. They could move to China. China should let them in. Yeah, the migrants. China should open yeah. their arms to Syria. Interesting. Lots of young people. Interesting little political idea there, um, which um, we we should probably avoid because it's just going to take us down a rabbit hole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but anyway, it is... <laughs> Basically, to come back to this room here and now, um, it is warm today, even though it is the 5th of November. It's, it's unusually warm, which is kind of nice in a way because it's, you know, we don't, we don't have to wear all the big coats and everything. Um, but yes, it is the 5th of November, which is a significant day if you are uh, from the United Kingdom. Um, and if, you, in fact, anyone listening to this who's in the UK at the moment, you might, you might notice on the 5th of November a lot of fireworks and bonfires and things. What on earth is going on? Some of my listeners will probably know all about this. But guys, what is it? What's special about the 5th of November? Also known as a Guy Fawkes Day. Guy Fawkes Day. Well, there was a plot to blow up the Houses of Parliament. 1605? 1605. 1605. Guy Fawkes and his friends um, were caught, apparently, in the act of trying to blow up Parliament... I think they were Catholic. It was yeah. an anti-Protestant thing. Yeah. They were caught. He was sentenced to be hung, drawn and quartered. Horrible punishment. And we've never forgot yeah. as, a, as the nursery rhyme goes. Yeah, because it, it was the nursery rhyme. Remember, remember the 5th of November. Gunpowder, treason and plot. Gunpowder, gunpowder, treason and plot. I see no reason why gunpowder and treason should ever be forgot. Oh, right. Very good. Okay, so... Yeah, words of Natalie Portman there. From the film uh, film V for Vendetta. Vendetta. Um, But that's a a real nursery rhyme, which um, people have been saying for hundreds of years as a way to make sure that no one ever forgets this this plot to blow up the... um, the, the Houses of Parliament and the royal family, or at least the king mm. at the time. Mm. Um, yes, interesting story. But we're in uh, France. We're so in France, so no one cares. No one cares. No one cares. Yeah, so it doesn't really doesn't matter. It's just, <laughs> just another day. We, we could have done a whole podcast on the 5th of November, but we're in France. If people no are in England, they should, well, it's not, they're not going to hear it today, but they should go to the Lewis fireworks. 
What's the Lewis Sussex fireworks? In Sussex, in East Sussex. They're amazing. They have really? like, it's this small little town um, just by Brighton and they have like this incredible display and they make all effigies and burn them. It's very pagan. Wow. Sounds so check funny. that out next year if you're in the UK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or make a, make, a, make, a, make arrangements now to be in Sussex on the 5th of November next year. I don't know when you're listening to this, but it, you know, just choose the next year. Be yeah. in Sussex in for Lewis. the 5th of November in what, Lewis. Um, and you'll see an amazing sort of fireworks display and a big bonfire. It'll be brilliant. When the 5th of November isn't on a weekend, they still do it on the 5th of November, right? Oh, or yeah. do they always do it at the weekend? In Lewis. Always on the 5th. Oh, always, always on the 5th, fifth, regardless right. if it's a weekend or not. Stick to tradition. Because in yeah. the UK, often it'll just... They, they just wait. If, it, if the 5th of November is a Wednesday, they'll probably do it on the following Saturday, won't they? Yeah. And it's normally sometimes. on a Saturday that the big uh, mm-hmm. firework displays happen. The big ones. Yeah. Uh, 5th, remember, remember the 5th of November. Now, for me, I'm amazed that anyone has remembered that it's the 5th of November because that rhyme could work with any number of dates. Remember, remember the 9th of December. It yeah, still but, works. <laughs> but yeah. it's the same. There's that one, you know, 1852, 1394, you know, Columbus sailed the ocean blue or whatever it is. Right. It, it rhymes with anything that ends in two. Yeah. Right. So I can't remember <laughs> what date it is because it's just like, well, it ends in two, but <laughs> which one? Yeah. So It's because we say it every year. But it's just, we remember. Uh, rem- yeah, Somebody we do. should change it just one time, one year just Re- to, to... Remember, remember the... Self. The 12th of September. <laughs> like, why? What happened on the... Well, it was the day after 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, that's important to remember. Uh, um, if you're American or any citizen of the world, in fact, who may find yeah, that didn't didn't, didn't life change after that? It did, eh? Yeah, big, uh, big, big change. No 9/11. more bottles of water on the plane. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That was the main thing. <laughs> Can't bring a bottle of water onto a plane anymore because uh, you know we don't want to any don't want to lose any more uh, iconic buildings. Um, okay. <laughs> Just a, I don't. I don't mean to. Uh, For those of you who can't see Luke's face right now, he was. I could see it in his face. He was like, "How do I? How do I transition this to the actual theme of the podcast? How do I get away from this potentially sensitive <laughs> subject, which obviously is very serious? You know, I don't mean to mean to make fun of that. Oh no, uh, but also, how do I move from that to the subject of this this conversation? What is the subject of this conversation? Why, why are we here? Well, um, now, what happens today, as well as you know, it being Guy Fawkes Day and all that stuff um, today. The Collins Dictionary um, have announced their 10 words of the year. So every year, the Collins Dictionary choose a, a short list of something like 10 words. Uh, and these are uh, words that uh, they've noticed have been have suddenly become much more used than than previously. So like their usage has increased by 200%, something like that. And so they, they come up with a list of these new words that everyone has been using this year, and they publish the list. And those words go into uh, the online Collins Dictionary. And I think, um, that when's the next dictionary being, the, the next physical dictionary? 2018, being, I think I read. 2018 yeah. is when the actual physical dictionary uh, will be uh, brought out, the next one. And some of these words may un- end up in that physical dictionary too. It depends if the words stand the test of time. So they're, they're, all of these be- words are being used a lot. They're very tr- trendy words this year. We'll see if uh, in 2018 all of these words have survived. Um, but let's have a look at uh, this list of 10 uh, trendy words 
uh, from uh, the last 12 months. And this is quite interesting for several reasons. Um, obviously, on Luke's English Podcast, we're interested in words and we like to know what people, are, you know, the words that are being used these days. But also, um, it's quite revealing um, about our lifestyles and uh, just the sorts of things that uh, are going on um, in our lives at the moment. So we've got a list of 10 words then. Yeah, mm. we've all got we've all got the article here on our on mm. our I've got my laptop. Paul's got his iPhone. Uh, you've got an, you've both got iPhone 6s. Yeah. Yep. God, look at you. Like, uh, that's because the baby broke my last phone. Really? Yeah. How did that happen? He was playing with it. Okay. What by what smashing it? What He's, it's, He smashed it. It broke. It's completely destroyed. So I got a new phone. <laughs> really? Wow. That Hugo is a strong kid. He completely destroyed it. Yeah. It like, was. It wasn't just smashed. It was like the. It was like lying. You couldn't read it. It was just obliterated. Obliterated. Okay. Right. Yeah, I just got mine. Uh, thirty uh, percent less because I used to work for the company. Oh yeah, all right, so. yeah, thirty percent less. That's not going to happen ever again, though, is it? Uh, no. Well, it might do if I have a friend who's. I mean, I've got many friends who used to work uh, there, and uh, if they're willing to not buy a phone at some stage, then they can give me their discount. Okay, so you get thirty percent off if you work for Apple. Uh, per- yes, yeah, your personal discount. Yeah. Personal discount. Why well, is it a good reason to work for the company? There is. The, is your job still open, Paul? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, 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 maybe. I mean, mine, mine probably isn't, but it doesn't matter. You can you can have any job at Apple and you get, everyone gets the same discount. Wow, cool. All right, then. So we've, got, okay. we've all got our stuff. Uh, look how sort of uh, modern we are. I know. Okay, so that was conversation chunk one. And let me, let me now um, sort of go through some of the stuff that you just heard. So we began with... Um, um, well, I've, okay, what I've done is I've, I've listened to that conversation and I've selected some language and some other bits and pieces, which I'm just going to clarify, okay? So we, we first started, ended, we started talking about conspiracy theories um, and Paul talked about climate change as if it's a conspiracy theory. I, I expect you know what conspiracy theory is, uh, but um, some people think that climate change is a conspiracy theory, that there's some sort of conspiracy by, like, liberal people that um you know they're they're making up this idea that there's climate change for some kind of agenda uh but you know we associate climate change denial with um i don't know people like um ukip um nigel farage of ukip and and it's not something i believe in i i believe with the i believe the scientists um i believe in in what the scientists are saying i think that climate change is real but there are people out there who think it's just a conspiracy theory um so amber said it's a hot topic it's a hot climate change. Climate change is a hot topic. Uh, a hot topic is just something that is uh, a topic that lots of people are talking about at the moment. Maybe a topic that um, involves, you know, some sort of uh, debate or something like that. So a hot topic, which is kind of, uh, you know, a little joke there by Amber, because obviously global warming is a hot topic uh, for several reasons. Um, and so Paul said, yeah, conspiracy theories. I said, is it a conspiracy theory? which had that upward intonation. Is it a conspiracy theory? Can you Now, could you try and repeat some of this language that I'm going through with you? Notice the upward intonation that I use on that question, uh, which is designed, it's, it's done with the intention of expressing surprise or doubt as well. Certainly su- surprise and doubt. Like, I don't think it's a conspiracy theory, uh, but um, formed as a question that becomes, is it a conspiracy theory? I don't think it is a conspiracy theory, is it? Is it a conspiracy theory? Okay, 
hear the, the quite steep intonation on that question. Um, um, somebody said, some people say that climate change isn't a thing. Some people say that climate change isn't a thing. Now, in this, what we mean here is that some people say that climate change doesn't exist, but we're using the expression it, it isn't a thing. Now, if something is a thing, it just means it's, a th- it's something that exists in the world. So some people say that climate change isn't a thing. Some people deny climate change. So there's that verb to deny climate change as if to say, no, I don't believe that climate change actually exists. To deny is the verb there. And uh, a person who denies climate change is what? A climate change denier. Okay, Um, And you might say that they are in denial about climate change, in denial just um, in this sense that they deny that it exists. But also we use the expression to be in denial is when you're kind of you won't let yourself accept that something is true. So um, like, for example, if you think if you might know someone who drinks too much, they drink there and you think that person actually is an alcoholic. Um, And uh, but you know, you could say, oh, I'm a bit worried about uh, Dave. He's drinking too much. I think someone needs to talk to talk to him. I think he might be an alcoholic. And, uh, you know, your friend goes, yeah, well, I just, I think he's in denial. I don't think he realize He thinks that he's he doesn't have a problem. He's in denial, meaning he hasn't accepted it. He's just denying the truth. Um, okay. Now, uh, the expression to exacerbate something. You heard the phrase, we're exacerbating the environmental trend. That's what I said. To exacerbate something just means to make it worse. Okay. That's it really. Just to make a situation worse. Maybe a situation that's already bad, but you're making it worse. All right. Um, so a, a situation that's already bad, but you push it even further, make it even worse. Um, like um, you might have something that's exacerbating a, a health issue. Uh, like if you've, if you've got, um, let's say, um, um, like a lung a health problem in your lungs, like you've got, um, what's that? What's that? Emphysema. If you've got emphysema, which is a sort of lung problem, which means that you you can't breathe very well. You shouldn't smoke because smoking just exacerbates the lung problem. It just makes it worse. It's bad already, but it makes it even worse. So uh, some people, uh, well, I, I, I said that we are exacerbating the environmental trend. That means that by you know producing lots of carbon emissions, we're just making the environmental trend towards global warming much worse. Maybe there is a natural trend in which the the, 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 the the earth heats up and cools down, but by pumping so much CO2 into the atmosphere, we're actually making that much more serious and much worse, um, which, you know, is going to affect the lives of millions of people in, unless we do something about it. In fact, um, this week there is a big uh, climate change summit in Paris and lots of important people are getting together to talk about climate change, hopefully with the... Uh, with the outcome that they will agree that laws need to be passed and people need to to um, observe those laws, which will sort of like try and reduce the amount of carbon emissions that are being thrown into the atmosphere. Did you just hear that car? There was a very loud car with a big engine. That's the kind of thing we're talking about. We need to try and reduce the amount of CO2 that we pump into the atmosphere. Obviously, it's not just CO2. There's other stuff like animals, apparently, like livestock, cows and pigs and sheep and stuff. Apparently, they also produce loads and loads of um, uh, gas into the atmosphere, which kind of exacerbates the the trend towards global warming Um, because animals fart a lot. 
you know, if, especially ones that eat a lot of grass, you know, they, they sort of eat all that grass all day and they're just farting out all of the gas. They, they're basically converters, these animals, these cows. They just eat up the grass and convert that energy into, into gas, which then goes into the atmosphere. And because we have a sort of industrialised approach to... Um, uh, raising these animals we have so many animals all around the world just sort of pumping out gas me i think it's methane something like that um anyway so we need to try and get all these sorts of things under control otherwise the world is going to become a much more dangerous and much less uh habitable place in the future um so um, we'll be dead before anything bad happens, is what someone said. We'll be dead before anything bad happens. Okay, I think you understand that. Um, oh, yeah, this is it. So there's a bit of elision. So uh, we'll be dead before anything bad happens. And then someone else said, well, we might not be. We might not be. So just we might not be full stop. And that's elision. It's basically just not repeating the, the previous phrase. So we'll be dead before anything bad happens, well, we might not be, meaning we might not be dead. Sometimes we elide or cut off the end of the sentence in order to, because it's not necessary. Uh, we'll be dead before anything happens. Well, we might not be, meaning we might not be dead. Uh, would it be bad if we were still alive in a hundred years? Uh, now, we're looking, at, we're looking at pronunciation here, particularly the pronunciation of weak sounds. Um, and... Um, would it be would it be bad would it be bad if we were still alive in a hundred years? So listen to the way that I say were in we were still alive, okay? Would it be bad if we were still alive in a hundred years? We were still alive. Okay? So it's were. Just repeat that phrase after me if you can. Would it be bad if we were still alive in a hundred years? Okay. And here's another bit of pronunciation. There are already too many people. There are already too many people. All right. Now, that's there are already too many people. But there are already, those words all link up, but it's difficult to say them. There are already too many people. There are all. So the link between there and are and are and already, those are all vowel to vowel linkings. And um, we use the r sound as a way of linking them together. There are already too many people. All right? There are, there are already too many people. Um, and someone mentioned China. They're getting rid of the one baby ban. So uh, you probably know that in China they've, they have had a ban on having more than one baby. So someone called it the one baby ban. Okay. Uh, someone in, in, in my in my apartment. I mean, not. I don't know if that's an official name of that ban, but anyway, you could call it the one baby ban. Uh, old people who are in retreat. Now, this is something Paul said, and he did correct himself, but you didn't. You may not have heard it. So he meant old people who are in retirement, not in retreat. Um, if you're in retreat, that means that you're like backing out of a, a military situation. The army is in retreat. Um, it's just a just a. He just sort of slipped and said retreat, but he meant retirement and he did correct himself. Just wanted to clarify it. Um, China should open its arms to Syria. So I think that's an, a clear sort of uh, illustration, right? To open your arms or China should open its arms to Syria, meaning it should welcome Syrian refugees into the country. Now, I think Amber said this. It's an interesting political idea, uh, but um, I, I 
I don't know what the details would be. I don't want to talk about it too much because it's a bit of a sensitive topic, the whole Syrian refugee crisis. Obviously, it's a tragedy. Um, I don't necessarily want to start talking about that now. I don't want to go down a rabbit hole. Suffice to say, um, well, yeah, I mean, so many different countries are involved in the Syrian crisis. I'm not going to go there, okay? I'm not going to go there. And I mean, in this conversation, I mean... Um, I'm also not going to go to Syria, to be honest. Um, it, it seems to be not the not a very popular place to be at the moment. Uh, but anyway, um, I'm sure that you're aware of the Syrian crisis. I'm not the guy who's, who's, uh, whose job it is to talk about that, am I? I don't think so. But anyway, it's a serious thing. You might want to help out if, if any, any way you can. I understand that there are charities running to try and look after those people. Um, now, what else? Um, uh, I said it's unusually warm, which is kind of nice in a way because we don't have to wear big coats and everything. So here's some more pronunciation. It's unusually warm, which is kind of nice in a way because we don't have to wear big coats and everything. So it's just connected speech. Um, you could try and repeat that. It's unusually usually usually warm, warm, which is kind of nice in a way, which is kind of nice in a way because we don't have to wear big coats and everything. All right. But I also wanted to point out that there's a relative clause there, which is kind of nice or just simply which is nice. Now, which is nice or which was nice is a very commonly used relative clause in spoken English. And you can just stick it at the end of a sentence. And which is nice, that relative clause refers to the whole a uh, whole clause that came before it. Normally, relative clauses will relate to a word, won't they? Like, you know, I went to a restaurant which uh, is at the end of my street or, you know, uh, McDonald's is a, a restaurant that sells hamburgers. So th- that sells hamburgers is the relative clause that tells us about the word restaurant. Uh, but sometimes a relative clause can refer to the entire previous clause like this. It's unusually warm which is kind of nice. Okay, so which is nice refers to the fact that it's unusually warm. Okay, but all right, you might understand that. But um, are you using which is nice or or which was interesting or which was which was fun at the end of your statements? For example, uh, yeah, we went to the cinema, we watched like two movies in a row, which was nice. Yeah, okay. Um, Or, um, you know, I, I went to uh, I, I went to Disneyland and um, I met uh, Mickey Mouse, which was nice. You know that sort of thing. Um, all right, so we ended up talking about November the fifth and Guy Fawkes Day, sixteen oh five. So here, I just wanted to bring your attention to just the way that we say years. So in this case, sixteen oh five. Normally, when we're talking about a year, when we're pronouncing a year, you just divide the year into the two numbers. So you just divide it in the middle. 16. uh, For example, you know, I was born. Am I going to tell you when I was born? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I am. Because some of you already know. I was born in 1977, same year as Star Wars. Um, uh, And so it's 19. 77. You see, you just divide it into two numbers like that. But there are certain other years where the pronunciation is a bit different. For example, any years in the previous millennium uh, where there was a zero. So, for example, 16, 1600, then 1601, 1602, 1603, and so on. All right? 1604, 1605. 
Um, so it's 1900, 1901, 1902, and then all the way up to 1910. And then we start dividing them like normal, 1911, 1912. And then, of course, from the year 2000 until now, we, we're doing 2000 and. So 2001, 2002, 2003, uh, 2010, and also 2015. Some people say two, 2010, 2011, 2012. But to be honest, normally it's 2010, 2011, 2012. Although we did say the 2012 Olympics, but that was just a bit unique to the Olympics. Okay. Talking about Guy Fawkes, I'd like to just bring your attention to the passive structures that were used. So we have um, uh, Amber was talking about Guy Fawkes. She's a bit of a history nut. She loves history and she knows all about history. And she said... Uh, a sentence about Guy Fawkes. Try and notice the passive structures. Remember, passive is the verb be and a past participle. The be in the passive could be uh, just be, or it could be any form of be. So is, am, are, was, were, or been, or just be, or being. All right? Uh, so try and Try and identify the passives in in um, uh, in this in this sentence that Amber said. So she said, Guy Fawkes and his gang were caught in the act of trying to blow up Parliament. He was sentenced to be hung, drawn, and quartered. Okay. Now there are three passives in there. I'm pretty sure it's three. Guy Fawkes and his gang were caught. Guy Fawkes and his gang were caught. In fact, caught in the act. If you get caught in the act, it means that you're caught in the middle of doing something. So in this case, caught in the act of trying to blow up Parliament. Um, And then the next passive was he was sentenced. He was sentenced, meaning that, you know, he was given a punishment. He was sentenced. And here's another passive, but it's an infinitive form to be hung. Uh, So he was sentenced to be hung, drawn and quartered. Uh, Now, I have done a podcast about Guy Fawkes and November the 5th and about Halloween before. It's like back in the archives of Luke's English podcast. So if you want to know the full story of Guy Fawkes, November the 5th, and also Halloween, then you can go back into the archives. I can't remember which number it is, but if you just search through the archives and search for like Halloween, and you'll find the full episode where I I go through the whole story. Um, Let's see. Um, We've, we've, and we've never forgot now, you might have heard Amber say forgot, and you, thought, and you might have thought to yourself, wait a minute, it's not forgot, it's forgotten, isn't it? We've never forgotten. Well, yes, you're right. Uh, in fact, we do say forget, forgot, forgotten, or we've never forgotten. But Amber here is quoting from an old rhyme, an old, an, a sort of very old folk rhyme, um, which a rhyme that we used to remember what happened um, on November the 5th in 1605. And it's, um, it goes like, you know, remember, remember the, the 5th of November. I'm going to read it to you now. Um, you can see the link to this poem or this rhyme uh, on the uh, page for this episode. I'm just having a look at it. Remember, remember the 5th of November, the gunpowder treason and plot. I know of no reason why the why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. Guy Fawkes and his companions did the scheme contrive to blow up the king and parliament, uh, to blow the king and parliament all up alive. Threescore barrels laid below to prove old England's overthrow. But by God's providence, him they catch with a dark lantern lighting a match. A stick and a stake for King James's sake. If you won't give me one, I'll take two. The better for me and the worse for you. Rope a rope to hang the Pope. 
a pennyforth of cheese to choke him, a pint of beer to wash it down, and a jolly good fire to burn him. Oh my goodness. Quite a uh, quite a controversial poem there, especially at the end when it talks about hang- oh god, hanging the Pope. Uh, this clearly shows the political divide that there was in the country when that poem was made, and it was obviously about infighting between the Protestants and Catholics, and that's that's like um, that's all that's the context of the uh, the Guy Fawkes. Um, situation that Guy Fawkes was a kind of he, apparently he was a Catholic who uh, wanted to blow up the king and the government and he was a sort of Catholic uh, sort of terrorist I suppose um, and that rhyme is all about you know anti-Catholic sentiment oh it was a we've had a bloody past we really have um, so nursery rhyme forgot um, instead of forgotten but it's poetic license. And Amber is just referring to that old rhyme. Okay, so it should be forgotten, but that's okay because it's a poem and it's old. So that's all right. Um, Paul then said the words there of Natalie Portman. Um, Now, Paul here is referring to the film V for Vendetta, which is a a movie uh, which takes place in the future and has a similar character to, to, to Guy Fawkes in it. And I think you hear the rhyme uh, in the film, uh, remember, remember the 5th of November. I think you hear that rhyme in the film. Obviously, the quote is not from Nat- Natalie Portman. In fact, it's just an old rhyme from English folklore. All right. So Paul was just joking by attributing the quote to Natalie Portman. She's not some sort of old English poet. Um, no, she's a, a young Hollywood actor, actress, actor, actress. What's Actually, you can say actor for women these days. It's kind of politically correct. So we still haven't got, I realise that we still haven't got to the Collins words of the year. Uh, I, I seem to be um, uh, doing this more and more, right? Like giving you a title of an episode and then just not talking about it for ages. Um, but we're coming to it. It's all language at the end of the day, right? I mean, you know, it doesn't matter. It's all it's all language ultimately. So uh, Amber talked about the Lewis fireworks. And I've just left a link on the page for this episode if you want to check out the Lewis fireworks. Sounds like a really brilliant fireworks display that happens in Lewis uh, on the, near the south coast, on the, yeah, near the south coast of England every year on the November the 5th. And apparently they... they uh, they launch fireworks and they also make effigies and burn them. Now, what's an effigy? An effigy is basically like a sort of um, like a representation of a person. It's not a person, but it's just like a, a stuffed, uh, maybe made out of wood. They might piece all these pieces of wood together and make it look like a person and then burn it. Or they would uh, fill some old clothes with newspaper so it looks like a person and burn that. I think in this case, the effigies are probably made of wood. They're probably like really big wood wooden effigies of, of Guy Fawkes, I suppose, which are then burned ceremoniously uh, in a field or something like that. It's probably very impressive. And when Amber said it's very pagan, really the tradition of burning human effigies made of wood is quite a pagan thing apparently paganism is the religion that we had in the uk before christianity was introduced um you know 2000 years ago or just after you know uh, christianity first swept through europe so so before we had christianity we had paganism paganism was like a mysterious religion that involved things like ritual sacrifice and the burning of human effigies and also the burning of people as well i imagine it was a it was a pretty weird 
you know, uh, old, really old, ancient religion. Um, very pagan, the burning of, of effigies. There is a movie, a great British horror film. Um, what's the what's the name of the film? Oh yeah, it's called The Wicker Man. The Wicker Man, and it's a it's a really great film, and uh, it's got Christopher Lee in it. And it's like a, a really great 1970s British horror film, which involves the burning of a wooden effigy. Uh, and it's, it's very mysterious and dark and, 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 and really great. That's the, the Wicker Man 1973 film. Um, anyway, so. Um, and then so I mentioned 9-11, you know, September the, the 11th, the terrorist attack in New York. And then I said, didn't life change after that? Didn't life change after that? Now, can you hear the downward intonation on that? Didn't life change after that? So downward intonation, because it's it's really a rhetorical question. It's not a real question. I don't want to know if life changed after that. In fact, what I really mean is life changed a lot after that, didn't it? Uh, so that kind of negative question, didn't, didn't life change after that, with downward intonation, is a form of rhetorical question, and it's just a way of making a point. Didn't life change after that? Meaning, I think life changed after that, didn't it? And there are other versions of this, you know, you could say things like, didn't she do well? Didn't she do well? Meaning, I think she did well, don't you agree? And, uh, oh, didn't we have a good time? Do you remember? Do you remember when we burned that human effigy in the field? Didn't we have a good time? It was all pagan, wasn't it? All right, that kind of thing. Um, um, obviously, yeah. So I just wanted to mention that obviously 9-11 changed more than just uh, bottles of water not being allowed on planes. Obviously, it was a very tragic event. Um so I think it's worth saying that, you know, I don't mean to make light of that event. Um, and after I after I had managed to dig myself into a hole regarding the, the, the 9-11 situation, after sort of appearing to be, uh, make jokes about it, everyone laughed. You might have heard everyone laugh. But that's not just that's not because 9-11 was funny. No, but it's just because I was stuck in a serious topic suddenly. And it was difficult for me to somehow get out of this serious topic topic and get to the main point of the podcast which is the Collins new words of the year which I still haven't talked about so anyway the reason why people laughed uh, when we talked about 9-11 is because it was awkward and it was funny that um, I'd, I'd got myself into this difficult position where it's like wait a minute why, why am I now talking about 9-11 this is supposed to be about new words uh, and I, I'm to be honest I'm, I'm back again now aren't I I'm back in that position again I've, I've dug myself into a second hole um, anyway and, and what I then said was how do I transition this to the actual theme of the podcast so to transition something it's just like to move something from one thing to another, you know, from one topic to another. How do I transition this to the actual theme of the podcast? How do I get away from this potentially sensitive subject, which obviously is very serious? You know, I don't mean to make fun of that. So here are some features of spoken English, uh, an unfinished sentence, some relative clauses and connected speech, uh, all of it. And sentence stress, particularly the stress of the word that at the end. So see if you can just repeat this after me. If you're on a bus, just do it in your head. And if you're, if you're on any other mode of train, basically, if you've got other people around you, just do this in your head. Because, well, I mean, maybe you don't care what people think, but it's up to you. So anyway, try and repeat this after me. How do I get away from this potentially sensitive subject? <laughs> Which obviously is very serious. 
<laughs> you know, I don't make to f- I don't mean to make fun of that. You know, I don't mean to make fun of that. Okay. All right. So, um then we heard this 2018 is when the next physical dictionary will be brought out. Uh some of these words may end up in that dictionary too. So there you go, two phrasal verbs. All right, there are two phrasal verbs. Um, 2018 is when the next physical dictionary will be brought out. So to bring something out. In this case, to launch a new product or to launch a movie, to launch a book and to put it onto the market, to bring it out. So the new book will be brought out in 2018. The new Star Wars film is going to be brought out uh, in December. Okay, um, And then some of these words may end up in that dictionary too. And there's the end up, okay? Uh, the words may end up in the dictionary. That means that at the end of the process, you may, the, the words may have uh, been entered into the dictionary. So to end up, meaning to, to, to be in a particular position at the end of a process, all right? So, for example, you know, I, I've given this example before uh, that I, I went to university and I studied a subject. It was very interesting, but I didn't know what to do after university. And so I got a teaching qualification and, and I traveled to Japan and I taught there and I came back to London. Uh, and, and basically, I just ended up being an English teacher. I ended up being an English teacher, not necessarily something I set out to do, but I just found myself teaching English. And, you know, it's quite lucky because I enjoy it. Um, so some of these words may end up in that dictionary too. Um, and then we've got, uh, it depends if the words stand the test of time. So there's an expression for you. To st- if something stands the test of time, it just means that it's, uh, it lasts for a long time. You know, sometimes um, you find that things come out um, and they don't stand the test of time. Like an idea or a product or something like that, just it disappears after a while. But if something's really good and if it sort of seems to be meaningful and powerful, then it will stand the test of time. For example, the, you know, a classic example would be the music of the Beatles, in my opinion, really stands the test of time because it still sounds good today, unlike some of the music from the 60s, which sounds really dated. It just sounds really old-fashioned and dated. If you listen to, like, Abbey Road by the Beatles on a good stereo system through, you know, if you play it loud through good speakers... It really stands the test of time. It's, it sounds really great. Okay, so that is the end of the pre-chat. And guess what? It, it's now 56 minutes and it's now 57 minutes of podcast. And we haven't even touched upon the, uh, the words of the year. Oh, my God. What am I going to do? Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to stop recording. Um, but what you could do is go and listen back to that little bit of chat that I had with uh, Amber and Paul again. And now that you're loaded up with like, you know, knowledge about now you've understood more uh, after I've clarified it all, you could go back and, and listen to that again. Let me tell you, let me give you an idea about where the uh, conversation begins. So if you want to re- listen again, you can just quickly find that spot. So I'm going to pause and check the time code so, so you can find it again. Okay, and I've, I've checked, and the, um, the conversation, um, the actual conversation starts at about 19 minutes into the podcast, and it ends about 10 minutes later. So I realized that this is an, like an hour-long podcast and with only about 10 minutes of, of conversation in the middle. But, you know, I don't want to undersell myself. 
you know, I set out at the beginning of this episode to to do this, to to play you a section of conversation, but to give you lots of support around it. And uh, I think that I think I've done that. I, th- I hope you agree that I've given you a bunch of other language learning potential uh, around this. Um, so, you know, as usual, let me know. Let me know what you think about my approach to this episode of the podcast. Uh, you've probably, let's say you've got three positions. One position is, th- yeah, this is really great, Luke. Thank you. I like it when you go into natural conversations in depth like that and you pick out bits of language, either vocab or grammar or pronunciation, and you clarify it and give us a chance to really get to grips with it. So good. That's a good approach. Thank you for doing that, Luke. That's position one. Position two is, well... I found all of that useful and interesting. It's always good to to hear that kind of thing. But to be honest, I'd rather just listen to the whole conversation. Okay. Uh, And and sometimes you just go on a bit too much. Um, So that's position two. I hope that not many of you think that, but who knows? And position three is this. It's just ambivalent. Position three is like, to be honest, Luke, I don't mind. I'm just happy. Um, you know, I'm just happy to listen to your episodes. And yeah, sometimes you let us listen to full conversations without any help. Uh, and that's great. And sometimes you decide to break it down a little bit and give us a bit more support. And that's great too. I like the variety. And I think you can do this sometimes. And that's fine. And I'm looking forward to the next episode because I'm going to be able to hear the whole conversation with Amber and Paul anyway, in the long run. So it's all good. Okay, so that's that's position three. Let me know what your position is on this whole thing. And I'll speak to you again soon. All right. So uh, thanks very much for listening. And um, and that's it. So comments, comments, website, yada, 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 audible, yeah, donations, all that stuff, the usual announcements. And I will catch up with you very soon. Thanks very much for listening to Luke's English Podcast. Speak to you in the future, future, future. So for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.